The other idea for War Maiden would be to have it as something completely different and remake the entire idea from scratch, just keep the name, um, completely abolish the Silver City memoirs and just write in a completely new uh, fiction. Uh, War Maiden uh, herself could be a variety of things. It's not like I called it Iron Maiden, which is obviously why there's a reason why I didn't do that, because, come on, great band, but, nah. Um... But yeah, War Maiden. I like the idea of that that name, uh, and it would be interesting to have a supergroup evolve around a few characters. So if I started to create maybe five, coming up with five names, so you got War Maiden, and then I've got another one that I'm going to bring in maybe later. That will be Shifter, Shrapnel, um, Guardian, and some other people like that. And then I need to come up with one more, but I don't have that yet. So maybe Nightshade? That'd be quite interesting. Uh, I forgot to mention Velufix, and obviously Nightshade's an interesting one because Nightshade, I already referenced him in the books as the guy that was a against them originally. So I, he would be someone that switches sides later, and he's literally terminal. But he would, he would have these kind of flower powers, which you'll think is kind of bad, but I want you to imagine being impaled to the ground by, uh, by spikes someone's got a gun on you and then you're you're literally on the floor your wrists go onto the floor and then uh vines travel through your wrists while daisy chains a stitch in your flesh back up the vines go underneath the floorboards they shoot out the floorboards and hang the the diplomats by the ceiling uh that kind of thing something like that as a scene would be really cool and in velufix she she would be the uh probably the most one of the most powerful members because i pictured her having the ability of radiation uh, which will be very key later on and yeah I mean I wanted to use a few things and a few reasons as to why the world was the way it was and Voluvix could ultimately be the tragically bad one for that. Shrapnel has a great ability which is that he has the ability to um, shoot metallic shards from his body and bolts of metal problem is he's not wolverine so he uh he doesn't regenerate so when he does do this he's he if he does it too much he will bleed to death so he's covered in scars and he's not the not the best looking guy but he uh he's covered in scars because he shoots metal out of his body and it like scabs over he heals fast but he doesn't regenerate he um he just heals faster than, than normal uh, and obviously, you no, know, he can bleed to death doing using his powers. Then you've got Shifter, who's able to uh, he can he can phase shift, shape shift, and shift reality around him, which is pretty powerful. Uh, but obviously, if we go back to Shrapnel just for one second, yes, he will bleed to death if he uses it too much. But I had this idea later on uh, that I won't mention for now. But there, there, there's another idea, which is that he he's able to create like. Uh, you know, he can create melee weapons out of this as well. Like he can use it as a knife. He can, he can use it as um, as these like baraka styled things that come out of his arms. Um, like you know, I think they call them wrist blades, don't they? Sort of thing, like a wrist blade. And he's able to do other things as well. Uh, he can also sort of teleport uh, into uh, metal, so he's able to. Uh, He's able to not control metal, but he can he can appear anywhere that there is metal. So if, if you've got metal in a building, Shrapnel could... He's able to dissemble his parts and reassemble his parts somewhere else in the building where there's metal. Um, 
And he's got other abilities that I will include later on, but at the moment I haven't thought of them, so <laughs> I won't lie. Uh, but I pictured, like, imagine a, a metal statue slowly building up and then, boom, it, it shatters and then suddenly there's a person inside it, like a Russian doll, but not. Um, that would be his method of teleportation. It would be slow teleportation. It's not the kind of teleportation that uh, you can teleport instantly and then, you know, just be away and be, he has to like it, it, it it's like there's a cooldown or something because he can do it once and then he can't do it for a while um i also had uh, who else did i have war maiden and i pictured war maiden would be uh if i am going to use the same world i might use the same world of cast time i might have war maiden from the matriarchy of hask and kind of make her this warrior woman that uh actually uses a great amount of technology and stuff like that so she starts using guns and stuff like that but she she, she herself does not have powers and she's an interesting character because when we talk about the purists and stuff like that later on she's fighting fighting for the mutants uh she'll be someone that well, i suppose that she does have a power in a way she's incredibly intelligent that would be her uh, her power her, her iq is higher than normal um, and she's able to create most things. Not like Master Crafter, the, the guy that I've got as her enemy, but she can't create anything in her imagination. Even if it doesn't work, she can't do that. It has to work, and it has to be a real thing that she can create. So using mad science and stuff, she does build like weapons and suits and gadgets, but um, she can't make things that are impossible. Only Master Crafter can do that. And he's working for the... Uh, tormented kind of people what else uh there was one other character that i'm kind of missing i i kind of think guardian yeah guardian's only ability and this kind of sounds like it would suck is whatever he touches becomes indestructible which actually is really fucking cool uh he's able to he's able to uh, change the density of and uh, structure of objects kind of like shifter except he's he's he changes the uh the the, the sturdiness of it the, the molecular level, he's changing that object. So you might have a piece of paper, but then when Guardian has it, it's a massive lead brick. And when he throws it at you, it weighs a ton. And it's just paper. Uh, so he can do stuff like that. But he can also... Uh, he can also like touch a person and make them completely indestructible. So they're, they're walking through rockets because Guardian's touching them. Yeah. And that's his ability. That's it. Ah, going back to Guardian, I thought it'd be interesting to have his abilities evolve as well. But like, I wanted to have it evolve into kind of shielding and stuff like that. So he's, he's the, he's the, he's, he's almost like if you played an MMO, he, he is your tank. Except he's not the one taking the hits. You are, he, but he makes you like, you know, sturdier, stronger, and able to take those hits. The ultimate support character, actually, not tank. My bad. My, my my very much bad I'm sorry I have my nerd speech all wrong but yeah support like a CC support type guy and he's able to like do other things as well like he doesn't just change the density of objects later on he's able to uh, he's able to shift that, uh, that the currents of the air as well so he's able to like change the density of the air which bears down more pressure on the enemy which makes them move slower that kind of thing 
But yeah, I, I pictured uh, Safeguard being formed by, uh, you know, Guardian and War Maiden because I, I, I pictured that they would, they would more or less be my Batman and my Superman or my, uh, my Iron Man and my Captain America because you've always got those two. And there's always two in the group that kind of form the epitome of what the group is. So there'll be debates between those two. There's going to have to be arguments and things like that. And there'll be, uh, there'll be, there'll be some interesting uh, back and forth, I'm hoping, between those two characters. So I have to work on that. Guardian and War Maiden. And I thought uh, on Guardian and War Maiden, basically, <laughs> I realised why I did it. Because War Maiden is essentially the, sh the sword of the group. She's, she is the firepower. She is the, uh, she's the offence. Whereas you've got Guardian, who is pure defence. And I think I'm going to have to reverse the polarity there. War Maiden would be the Batman. And Guardian would be the Superman, wouldn't he? Yeah, Jesus. Well, that's actually going to be pretty interesting, though, to do the two that way. And, um, yeah, because originally I had it the other way around. But uh, I think the way it works is that is, that is that's the only way it works. Yeah. You can't have a brooding shield, can you? The shield is the happy one that's always defending and looking after people, whereas the sword is the one that's killing the enemies. So, yeah, I think that's the way it's got to be. War Maiden's going to be brooding. <laughs> I pictured uh, Shifter being this ex-cop, and the reason he's an ex-cop is because the cops are not even a thing in the world of Cash Time anymore. Because what happened was that when, when the Tormentors came and uh, they actually gained into power, which is later on, of course, they will be cops at first, uh, but when, later on they, they kind of get disbanded and there is no police force, there is only the Tormentors, there is only the Angels, is what they're actually called. But the, 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 uh, these Angels that work for Mackenzie, they they get another name from the other people that are there against the mutants, call them tormentors. Shifter himself was, uh, was I'm thinking SWAT, because I wanted him to have this ability that is going to be on par with Red Eye later on. Uh, Red Eye gonna be, will be a, a, like a cyborg villain, and I pictured that they would both kind of be snipers, snipers from SWAT, but one went one way, the other one went the other way. And Red Eye is—he's a bit more involved in the story than it, 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 at first glance. He—he—he he, he just looks like Shifter's rival for a, for the time being, but I won't say anything more. More on Shifter. Shifter—the reason he's able to survive in this dystopian world is because he knows the protocols that the police would employ, and the police employ similar protocols to the Tormentors. The Tormentors are a little bit more advanced. They kind of combine military doctrine with police doctrine, and they are both. They are both. They are judge, jury, and executioner. And that is exactly what Shifter hates. Um, so I wanted superheroes that were not... They were powerful, but I wanted superheroes that could survive in this dystopian universe, especially when you've got enemies like the Tormentors who can... Basically, their armor regenerates. You can punch them through walls, they're going to get back up, the armor is going to click back into place. You can set them on fire, the armor is going to cool itself down and they're going to walk through the flames. You can freeze them, the armor is going to heat itself up and they're going to just grab you by the throat and kill you. Uh, you can shoot them with electricity trying to overload the circuits, the, the circuits are going to absorb that electricity and fire it back. That kind of thing. Their armor is going to be really over the top. Like it's created by Mastercrafter, who's a guy that can create anything in his imagination. So uh, there's kind of souls running through it and all sorts. It's 
it's pretty friggin' mad. They are the boogeymen at, at, at night. So um, you have to have characters that are able to sort of use stealth. You've got to have characters who are able to kind of sneak around uh, in underground bunkers and, and, and stuff like that. And you need, you need guys that can do that. So the only ones that are going to survive in this world are going to be like the real crafty ones. The ones that don't rely on their powers as much as they rely on their, their uh, people skills. I pictured War Maiden as this kind of uh, soldier from Hask. Like she, she's obviously she's from the matriarchy, but she was like a engineer, so that's where her uh, mechanical skills came in, and she's really good at that. So she was in the army before the army got like you know obliterated. There was there's no army anymore. It's just the tormentors. It's a more unified world, but. That doesn't make it less dystopian. So the matriarchy have their uh, their own elite tormentor units as well, and the, I wanted to have not just the boogie men but boogie women uh, of the tormentor uh, units as well. So these, uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give them kind of um, differences to mark their armor. So their armor is gonna obviously still look like just like the male armor. It's not gonna be any friggin' different. But there's going to be like red bands and stuff like that to uh, identify that they are from a certain uh, unit from Hask, because you've got that it's basically mixed units. So when they come over into into like uh, one of the other places, uh, so I think I'm going to go with the name Cortan, which is where the main story is taking place at the moment. Um, yeah, they, they use these identifiers to mark themselves out. Like, you know, we're, we're here, we're protecting your lands, but we are going to make damn sure you know we're doing it. You know, the, the kind of pride in their work. So they have this, uh, this red band. But back to War Maiden. Uh, War Maiden... She kind of fought for, the, for a secessionist movement when the army did rebel, because the army didn't go out, go quietly. Um, but she survives it, and her partner is dead. Uh, and I, I pictured she never stopped fighting for the against against that what she saw as a, a great injustice. And she's the kind of hard-headed, stubborn woman who uh, who 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 just never gives up, never quits, never relents, which is perfect. And I, I like that in, in, in a character. I like that in a person uh, because I am the opposite. I quit way too easily. I give up way too easily. Um, <clears throat> And I pictured her sort of finding other people that were like-minded later on. And uh, she's going to meet Guardian and stuff like that. But Guardian used to be a, uh, a big figurehead on TV, it's like a spokesperson. And they would have him on like interviews and stuff like that. But War Maiden never really liked all that. She didn't even really like Guardian. But Guardian survives and she's, it's someone she knows. And they kind of go underground. They, 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 they start making these these uh, cloak and dagger style meetings in like this this abandoned prison, which is where the, where Safeguard's first base will be later on, an abandoned prison. So uh, that's what I'm thinking, because you know, you can't hold mutants in a in a regular prison. So they build these these special facilities, and they start. There are there are regular prisons, but there aren't as many, and the, most prisoners get put into these special prisons now. So 
the main focus is on mutant scum, not regular murderers and things like that. So they're walking free. So you've got these heroes that are trying their hardest not to be caught while stopping regular crime whilst trying not to die. I figured there'd be a kind of threefold war going on, like the war on crime, sure, for the heroes. Uh, the war on... Well, the war for survival, which would be the main one. And that kind of secessionist movement where they're trying to, like... Not even the secessionist movement, where they're trying to, like, earn their own equality for the people. You know, just saying, yeah, we are different, we have powers, but that doesn't make us less human. This one's going to be brief. So Nightshade used to work for an organisation known as The Gloom that was hired by uh, the now President Mackenzie uh, to do a few jobs, you know, kill the other people off in the competition. So, you know, there were other people running for the presidency. He was eliminating those people and uh, anyone that could run was eliminated. So Mackenzie wasn't even in the running to begin with, but so many of the diplomats mysteriously died or were assassinated. That was just obvious that they were assassinated, um, that he got into the running and it was just him versus this other guy. And then the other guy mysteriously died, so Mackenzie got the place. And that's kind of where we are in the future. There was kind of a hung parliament. <laughs> hung so uh, the idea of a survivor, someone who doesn't really get involved in the politics of the world and that kind of thing. I pictured uh, a homeless guy that was transformed later on by the uh, explosion that's going to take place in Bakelum City. Um, and he'll have the powers, all the powers of a cockroach. And literally, he, a cockroach, if it was the same size as a person, could, well, the armor plates alone would allow them to like, be pretty much indestructible. They can survive nuclear blasts. Uh, they're able to keep fighting even without a head. It would have super strength. The ability to, to smell across long distances. So that scent ability. And just really cool things like that. And then I wanted to maybe mix in a few abilities that cockroaches maybe didn't have. But at the same point, no, I won't do that. I'll have it so he can burrow, not super jump. So another character we've got the idea for is uh, the Quarterist. He's able to mimic fighting styles, mimic uh, mimic just about anything, like reflexes, all sorts. But he's able to, like, he has super reflexes. He's got kind of enhanced strength, and he's able to mimic fighting styles. Anyway, this character can... Um, he ta he's taking the gloom in, a, in, a, in the wrong direction, and Nightshade is, is dying, and he, he wants... He joins Safeguard uh, not to help the world, not to survive, none of this stuff. He's, he joins Safeguard to steer the assassins back in the right direction and try to stop the new leader because the new leader is doing something that uh, he doesn't necessarily agree with. Uh, it, was, it was always meant to be this group that didn't take sides, they just killed for money. Uh, and the Quarist, he's doing something else. He's working directly for anyone that crosses Stigma. He's actually become kind of like Stigma's secret police, or rather, a uh, bit of a spoiler, Mackenzie's secret police. Yeah? So he's killing off any dissenting voices, anyone that disagrees with Mackenzie. Now, Nightshade, yeah, he, granted, he killed for Mackenzie, but he killed for Mackenzie because Mackenzie paid and then it, that job was over and he was willing to go his own way but Mackenzie kind of got his hooks into the organisation at that point and that's what Nightshade doesn't like that's why Nightshade even when he's in prison joins the heroes because he's terminal and he's trying to change the direction that his people are going in before he dies so uh, another thing about the Quarist is that he wears this white mask 
uh, with these motion sensors on either side of his head. And he does this because they, they, they beep in his ear when something's approaching him, stuff like that, and it helps, his, helps him with his reflexes. Uh, he, 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 his entire suit is geared to um, his frame. Uh, it's basically that when he's wearing the suit, he's, he, he's burned, horribly disfigured, but he, in this suit he, he doesn't feel any pain. He, doesn't, um, he, he, he feels no pain. He doesn't regenerate. He doesn't have super healing. But he literally feels no goddamn pain whatsoever. He would fight with two broken legs. I, 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 yeah, he, 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 would, he would just keep going. So he's going to be very tough to uh, take out. The suit comes fitted with uh, adrenal boosters, stimulants, things like that, anything he needs. So when I talked about him having enhanced strength, he does not have the power for enhanced strength. He's not super strong. The suit will inject in him these battle stimulants that keep him fighting, that keep him, that keep him pumped up, keep him full of adrenaline, keep him uh, with enhanced, you know, keep enhancing his strength. So they're basically like drugs that pump through his system, and he fights like a goddamn maniac. He is a built killing, machi kill, uh, killing machine. Ugh. Nightshade may have regeneration, he may have the ability to stitch his flesh automatically back up with the daisy chains, but what he does not have is the ability to withstand any, any damage to the head. Headshots would kill him, an impaling thing through the head would kill him. Uh, if you go for his heart, again, you can kill him. But like, wounds on his arms, things like that, his, his stomach, he's able to, he, he, can, he, can, he, can re he can regenerate a certain amount of damage. I was thinking more about Red Eye and uh, how I was going to connect that into a bigger branching story. So uh, Red Eye served with Shifter when he, back when they had normal names on the Force, and uh, Red Eye is actually uh, he he's the one that sort of awakens uh, Shrapnel. So I wanted to have uh, Red Eye sort of kill Shrapnel's uh, father. But Shrapnel's father shoves a table leg into his eye. Hence, he had to have half his face replaced by cybernetics, and that eye is now red. That's the idea I'm going with anyway. I like that idea. The commander of the Tormentor's forces, his name's going to be called Gabriel, like the Archangel. Hence, they are called the Angels. And I pictured, I, I'd give him another name. The other name that, uh, that the mutant's going to call him is Reboot, because he's literally... Normally where it's through armor that regenerates, this guy's entire body was replaced with cybernetics and stuff like that, and he's able to like, hit a hard reset, so every time you, anything you throw at him, he just regenerates. His armor, is, it's, it's, it's breakable, but he just keeps ticking. He keeps getting back up, and you can't put him down. At least you can't put him down for long. And he's, he's going to be this... Uh, he, he's able to... Uh, use kinetic uh, energy and kinetic blasts but it's not um, he doesn't absorb it or anything like that but he he's able to throw it uh, from his uh, from his arm and you're thinking that that would mean that he has a power he kind of does but doesn't he he's uh, the way the way his arm was rebuilt it was rebuilt as a as a weapon to disperse energy. So that the the idea was that um, during the civil war between Cortan and Arabin, where the water was poisoned and everything, reboot. Uh, uh, sorry, Gabriel had actually uh, gone against 
uh, stigma back then. So in Stigma's journal later on, you're going to find out that Gabriel had a change of heart at the last second and tried to tried to change things, tried to make make up for everything that they'd done together in the war and tried to stop it. But Stigma literally just kills him and yeah, he, he fucks him up so bad that his entire body was had to be replaced with Cybernex and then he makes him a a pawn like he rebuilds him and has it so he's got like subservience uh, hardwired into his programming. So he's not doing this, what he's doing willingly. It, when he's killing the mutants, I actually pictured having uh, tears fall down his face, that kind of thing, almost like a slave. It's against his will. I saw no reason to replace Lancet either. So I wanted to have Lancet in, in, in this, but he'll be in it later. As a as a different character, like uh, not not really a different character, the same character but in a different role. Uh, I pictured that uh, further in, uh, way further in, I was going to have a, a splinter faction of tormentors that try to make up for the damages that they did and call them the Redeemers. And the Redeemers would wear silver armor, and uh, Lancet would be their sort of LT. Shrapnel's actually a far more interesting character than I gave him credit for because he has the Tormentor training. You're thinking, how does he have Tormentor training when he's a mutant? Well, I, the idea was, I had, was that his, uh, he was sent off at a young age by his father to go join the Tormentor's underground military, it's like in secret, because uh, Marty's father, or Shrapnel's father, was actually helping Stigma in the Cortan Arabian War before he went rogue. And that's why Red Eye had to put well, Red Eye had to put him down later. But um, the idea I had was that obviously Marty's father didn't like what Stigma had done to uh, Gabriel, and he started to see everything that they did as wrong, and guilt drove at him, and he tried to undo it, which is the reason he was a scientist and he was trying to undo the poisoning of the water, like uh, make a vaccine to, to 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 change it, so there was no powers and there was no way to cause the descent. Because mutants, as we know, were, were actually, you know, the thing that Mackenzie claims to hate. He's using it to, he's using this war as a cover to hide something. Yeah? So, uh, yeah, so stigma, so anyway, back to Shrapnel. Shrapnel, his training in the military was about five years of his life, and which isn't much. But I pictured he, he would, um... He would actually be chosen by Stigma in, in a way, uh, to, as the as, as like a wild card. That's what Stigma calls him, because Stigma can see the uh, future as well, and he knows what he's doing. He's planned everything in advance, and he's that kind of character. So, uh, anyway, yeah, Shrapnel. Shrapnel, he doesn't change overnight, and he, even when he gets powers, he's still killing mutants. And you're thinking, well, why is he doing that? Because he's, he's covering his ass. He's scared. And uh, it ends up being his friend who ends up leaving, leading a double life. His, uh, his commanding officer leads a double life. And he's actually in secret helping mutants escape, flee the country, go other places. And Shrapnel clacks onto him. And, he, and eventually there's a big showdown. Shrapnel is forced to kill him uh, while he's wearing this mask. And the mask that his friend wears is, is the mask Shrapnel uses later on to continue his sort of legacy. But I pictured the original Shrapnel didn't have powers. He used grenades, cluster bombs, things like that. And the original Shrapnel was just a man. Brilliant was the word used to describe us. Brilliant is not how I would describe his atrocities. That'd be a quote from War Maiden on uh, The Mastercrafter. 
gonna borrow this from Scarlett. I, I, the white room. I want these 12 kids that grow up in the white room and one of those it will be War Maiden and the other one is going to be the Master Crafter and the, their actual names I'm going to relieve from a bit of a mystery for now. But I, I pictured actually maybe uh, this happened in the Matriarchy and the Matriarchy uh, actually bred uh, their own heroes to compete with the last light of the North and something went wrong. I'm going to have to go into that but they have all these children solving mathematical equations, puzzles, things like that, and that is their entire life. They don't kill them, they're not torturing them, I'm going to have it done slightly differently, but they, they have them doing all these mental exercises in arithmetic. I've had an idea that uh, one of the kids actually has kind of a hive mind, and that's going to be one of the 12 uh, that will also have gone rogue and gone over to Stigma's side. In fact, actually I won't say rogue, they, they were the normal ones. The one that went rogue was War Maiden, uh, who had a different idea, a difference of opinion. They're, they're basically these 12 super intelligent beings that are raised in the matriarchy uh, using their brainwaves and, you know, they're, 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 they're just incredibly smart in different ways. Like, Mastercrafter can make anything in his imagination. The hive mind one had billions of thoughts, and it could handle billions of processes like a supercomputer. And uh, there's just going to be all these different types of smart, genius-level uh, mutants. And that's what the matriarchy had to compete with the, um, the ones that, with all the powers. And I, I pictured their powers would be their intellect, and... I'm going to expand on that. I think that's what I'm doing next. I pictured Master Crafter himself being of uh, Asian descent, uh, the kind of, uh, um, well, Asian descent. And the the thing that makes him special among the twelve is that he's the only uh, he's the only boy, and that also made him the one that was the most ostracized and uh, felt the most lost among the twelve because. The others all had things in common. Uh, Mastercrafter didn't, uh, but he was able to actually rewrite some parts of the others, and I'm going to go into that later on. And they start to they start to agree with him, and they sometimes they agree with War Maiden, and there's a bit of a rivalry between the two, and it's it's like all their sisters followed Mastercrafter when he went over to uh, Stigma. One of the uh, geniuses has a self-evolving intellect and can basically copycat anything another genius does. That doesn't make them not a genius, but in the fact that they're copying just other people's work. But they can't invent anything new. What they can do is invent anything that's already been invented. They can like create anything that's already been invented, not invent because it's already been invented. But um, I pictured this particular one would have been killed and their intellect would have been added to the Master Crafters. Uh, that's kind of what he's doing in secret with some of his sisters, and uh, is killing them off and uh, taking parts of their brain and uh, somehow upgrading himself. Now, I pictured one of the other geniuses knew how to do that and taught him how. And I'm going to have her probably be his like right hand and uh, the hive mind. So the, the hive mind one and the one that can evolve uh, their, their brain. Uh, will, will be his right and left hands and they basically kill off the rest of the sisters and upgrade him if that makes any sense uh, so it's only three of four of them basically uh, in the end not not 12 so, so um, 
I also wanted to expand on that idea a little bit because I pictured that War Maiden herself, uh, I might call her Claire or something, uh, had uh, escaped the facility and, you know, taken on the life of a soldier because she wanted to, she believed that you could only, um, you could only understand the, the, the mechanics of the world by experiencing the world. So she wanted to see it all. Uh, and she basically she, she started tours on the, in the army stuff like that, she fell in love she experienced all these human emotions uh, that she never experienced in isolation, that she never experienced in, um, in her life uh, before because they were just kept in the white room and they were very detached from reality she became the most human uh, she's always been the most human in terms of the fact that she had basically a, a higher intellect than a normal person so say if a person's using uh, 5 to 25 percent of their brain she's using maybe 50 or something like double but uh, so she's 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 Stephen Hawking's or she's Elon Musk uh, on steroids and yeah that's basically what I had in my mind and she's having to compete against uh, a hive mind which would be billions of her in one and she's having to compete against a guy that's taken the other geniuses and used their brains to upgrade his own uh, kind of like a clockwork um, almost like I, mean, I pictured the master crafter uh, upgrading his, his, his thing with these like chips and these like clockwork pieces so I, I kind of also wanted to go give him another name the clockwork king the, so the other villain for the for War Maiden will be the Collective. The Collective will be the Hive Mind, and they have their own in, their own group. Whereas the one that evolves their intellect is the Clockwork King's sort of psychic. Uh, I might call her the Clockwork Queen, but um, the Collective it, it, it's its own entity. It's it's an equal partner of the Clockwork King, and it's it's it, they they have drones and stuff like that. They're able to actually uh, take a human and hollow them out, and then have it have it so they can implant their hive mind into that person's brain and, they, and when they become a part of the collective they lose their will and they start to uh, embrace the collective's desires so it's quite scary I pictured this you might have known this guy years but suddenly he's acting a little bit different but he has all his memories and stuff and then one day he just betrays you he up and betrays you because he's he's He's, he's a part of the collective now and he's, he's doing his own thing, he's working for them. And you don't know, so it's like a spy network, but for the villains. So the Tormentors don't kill the collective and they don't kill the Master Crafter for a few reasons. But the main one is that they make their armor, they make their weapons, and they are far too valuable to kill. But there will be other villains in this, and the other villains uh, are going to be, you know, super-powered people with criminals, uh, with, with criminal uh, intent. So there, there will be superpowered villains like Rapture, like Rapture, and stuff like that. But I, I, I pictured I wanted to go more into the Tormentors at first, so I'll be talking about them a bit more first, because the Tormentors are the main villains, and they, they have no powers. The only ones that do are the Master Crafter, which is the Clockwork King, and the Collective. And obviously, maybe Reboot is technically powered, but that's because he's a cyborg and lost the use of his body. But the others are just men and women, and they are scary. They are boogeymen, and it's showing that in a world like this, we would clamp down on those powers. We, we would fear them, so we would create things and technology that could compete or beat them. I mean, again, going back to Elon Musk, I, I think if we had a Superman, Elon Musk would be our Lex Luthor, except he'd be more like humanitarian. He'd be like sticking up for humanity, and he'd be 
creating this stuff as a failsafe to deal with those people. Now, if the wrong person then took Elon Musk's ability, you know, brain and uh, and had all his designs to take out these superheroes, I think he'd be able to do it. There you go. That's that's uh, props to uh, a genius. <laughs>